one. Are we gonna do? We are live. Music. We'll do this music this time. How you go? Cheers, buddy. I kind of like it. No, it sets the tone. It's a bright day outside. It's it nice. I like how long the entrance is. Da, 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 da. Uh. We got a little bit left. About 10 seconds. Welcome, everybody. It is Saturday, February 11th. We are at the new compound for the podcast that we are embarking on. And uh, we got Sam. Is Ain't, it all a new podcast, or is it still going to be Capo Podcast? I don't know. It's the it's new Compound venture. Podcast. The new Compound. We'll call this episode the Compound. Yes, something like we that. We could do. We could call it the Compound. I'm all for it. Yes, but uh, that's where we're starting. What uh, you had some topics lined up? I have a lot of topics. We're talking about guns, and we're going to talk about politics, and we're going to talk about religion. Where do you want to start today? I, my plan this week for the Capo podcast, which this week will be the compound, I guess, uh, was Machiavelli. And so I guess we'll start with politics if you, if you want to do that. Yeah. So first, I'm going to ask you, because this is going to be an experiment, what do you know about Niccolo Machiavelli? I don't know a whole lot. I just know that he was, uh, he had a big theory on dividing and conquering and on how to, uh, how to approach warfare, is it? Or is it more like a theology or what does it wind up? It's, it's politics. I mean, I will say you probably know more about Machiavelli than 90% of people outside of politics, which is why I think he's important and why I wanted to talk about Machiavelli this week because 99% of all the politicians you vote for and all the people who run your life know everything there is to know about Machiavelli, but everyone else doesn't know shit about Machiavelli. And that's a problem. And that's why I want to talk about it. Cause I think it's maybe the biggest problem in politics today in modern politics. Cause because Machiavelli is known as the father of modern political science. Aristotle is known as the father of political science, like classical political science, but Niccolo Machiavelli is the father of modern political science, and we live in the time of modern political science. So you're talking about political science whenever you actually go, like they say in college, that that's my major that is the was it the ethics of how to play the game once you get out of there to whenever you get into like running for campaigns or well when you go how, into, is, how is it implemented in today's politics i guess i i'll start by saying this every politician that you know every politician that it is on a national stage knows everything there is to know about machiavelli and they probably have machiavelli's books on their shelf but as far as like in political science classes and college classrooms, you might learn a little bit about Machiavelli, but Machiavelli is kind of baked into the pie before you even like before you even get into 
your political science classes, Machiavelli is kind of behind it all. It's not like you go to your first day of political science class and they say, all right, today we're going to learn about Machiavelli. They don't do that um, in political science classes. Most of the time, political science classes are about, you know, domestic law, the Constitution, international law, political movements, you know, in the modern world. I, I took a few political science classes in college. That was my minor, but um, Machiavelli's more of a historical figure. Hmm. Well, in... in- Let's see. He was what? Back in the Italy. died 1527. 1500, around the 1500s in uh-huh. Italy, which was a volatile time in Italy. Uh but all of that's not super important to his political philosophy because he wrote a book called The Prince. And the book The Prince is basically a playbook for people in political power on how to govern well. And when we say govern well, like effectively. And he lived in the time of like uh, Christianity was big, of course, in Machiavelli's time. And a lot of Christians really didn't like Machiavelli at the time because Machiavelli's whole political philosophy was... Being a good Christian doesn't necessarily make you a good leader. And that really made... Like, the Catholic Church did not like Machiavelli. Mm-hmm. For for 200 years, the Catholic Church like wouldn't even allow Machiavelli to be studied or published. or they, they tried to... I don't know. They tried to cancel Machiavelli, the mm-hmm. Catholic Church, because he his teachings were not Christian, fundamentally, because he said that people who are leaders of countries don't need to focus on being good Christians. They need to focus on being effective. And the Catholic Church didn't like that very much. Mm-hmm. Now, was it just that, like based off of uh, religious beliefs, where he was basing on the way that he could rule? Or is it, like this says, that it's more of a Machiavellian of or relating to the belief that a ruler is justified in using any means to stay in power. Pretty much. Um, so he he comes from a Christian worldview because Machiavelli believed that mankind, which I believe too, and so do you because you're Catholic. Yeah. Mankind is sinful and mankind does not act as they should. Because mankind is sinful and greedy and does not act in the way that they should. Yeah. Machiavelli said a good leader cannot rule them whilst being a good Christian. You have to do things that are not within the realm of Christian morality if you want to basically be an effective leader. So would that kind of be what China the way that uh, Xi Jinping is ruling now, is that a way kind of uh, based on that? Because they're not... Uh, yes. He's not Christian I, the way that he... No, re- but I, I want to get to that because Machiavelli really dovetails into Marxism really well, but not at the beginning. Because when, when Machiavelli writes all this, he's writing to a Christian Europe. 
and he's writing to people who are Christians. In China today, North Korea, the Soviet Union are not Christian at all, but they still are using Machiavelli's playbook. It's just a kind of adjusted Russia playbook. is Christian, aren't they? Uh, would you, that's Russia, the Soviet Union or the Orthodox Christians? Russia has the East, Eastern Orthodox Church, but the rates of Christianity in Russia are not nearly what they are in America but, because of the Bolshevik Revolution and, and the USSR, the Soviet Union, for years and years and years, like suppressed Christianity to the point where today Russia is not a... Russia kind of masquerades as a Christian nation, but the percentages of Christian Russians are not anywhere close to what Americans are because <laughs> of Marxism. Because anywhere Marxism touched since the early 1900s, does not have high rates of Christianity because it it fostered atheism as a as almost as a replacement for religion. But would you say that Putin and his kind of regime or administration that they are based more because he's a he's an Orthodox Christian? Uh, I would say Putin is a hundred percent a Machiavellian. Really, like Putin. Putin is presenting himself as an Orthodox Christian because he's a Machiavellian. Because one of the things that Machiavelli says is to be an effective leader, and this is in the 1500s in Italy, but it, it plays for, for Putin too, um, to be an effective... What the hell was that? I liked it, but... I didn't do anything. That's awesome. We're going to leave that in. I wonder if this place um, is haunted. What in the hell? What did I touch? All right, stand by. We need to figure out what's going on. No, I think is it going to do know. it again? I don't think so. No, it. I think that little trigger right there just might be sensitive. This I'm is not. fun. We're learning today, everyone. Just so you know, this is the first time in the compound. We have new equipment, new podcast studio. We haven't done this in a while. No, but it's fun. Back to what we were talking about. Uh, Machiavelli tells the people, the readers of his his book, which at the time when he writes this in 1500, he's writing to people that are in power because the people who aren't in power can't read. So when he writes The Prince, he's writing to people who are in power, the elites, the people who are actually running things. And when nobody can read, it's almost like, hey, this is just for you. This is for the elite. This is how you do this. And everybody else is ignorant of it and today it's kind of the same thing because nobody knows about Machiavelli but in The Prince Machiavelli says that to be a good leader you must present yourself as Christian and moral but that doesn't mean you have to be Christian and moral outwardly you need to tell people that you're Christian you need to tell people that you're moral closer now you're good right there keep oh, going right here yeah but you don't have to actually be that in reality, and you actually shouldn't be that in reality. And that's what he says in The Prince, and that's that's who Putin is. Like, Putin is a Machiavelli, and he knows that to present himself as Christian is what he needs to do to win favor in, you know, among his people. And Machiavelli says that straight out. He's like, a good leader should appear to be a moral Christian man, but wink nod he actually shouldn't be and that's why 
even not just in not just Putin, but in America, even we've never had a president that did not claim to be Christian. Yeah, like think think of the last several presidents we've had. Do you think that Biden is actually a practicing Roman Catholic? No, of course he's not. Do you think that Obama was actually a Christian? I do not believe so. Of course not. Do you think that Bush was? I haven't even looked into it, but I don't. I don't even think that Bush was. See, that's what I mean. Like, everybody in America knows that if they want to win, they have to present themselves as if they're Christian because the rate of Christianity in America, I don't know, up until like the 90s at least, was 70%. Now, what you're going to see in the next 10, 20 years is you're going to ha- you're going to have your first atheist president in the next next few presidents that we have. Let's say one, two, maybe even three decades out, you're going to have an atheist president. Open, you're going to have an openly atheist president. But I guarantee you, a hundred percent, he's not the first atheist president. I would say most of our presidents for the past. I would say the past hundred years, most of them have actually been atheists and not Christians. But because they all understand Machiavelli and they understand how the world works, they presented themselves as what? As Christians. As Christians. If they were trying to lead, let's say, the country of Saudi Arabia, what would they present themselves as? Muslims? Of course they would, right? Do you yeah. think the leaders of the Saudi Arabian, like all the Saudi Arabian princes, do, do you think they're all devoutly Muslim? No. Probably not. But they all read and understand Machiavelli. You go for a little bit, because I'm gonna find some I'm gonna find some excerpts. What do you think about all this before I find some excerpts? Uh well, I mean, so whenever it comes to the whole politics thing. In a way, would you say that they're right in that tactic to be able to do, to be able to carry out, like, let's say you're a Christian and whenever it's time to nuke somebody or carry out missions where you know there's going to be people that die, but you're taking out a member of Al-Qaeda and you're having to wrestle with with the idea of killing people, is it good for them to be Christian in that moment? and double think or restrain themselves from carrying out a mission or is it better to be effective or you get what i'm saying yeah this is what you're touching on is exactly the reason the catholic church didn't like machiavelli because machiavelli's argument was if you're a really good christian and the time comes to do something that isn't so christian but it is in the good of the nation if you're really good christian you won't do it but by not doing it, you are doing harm to the nation. Okay, so I, I've got a question. If countries actually acted in good faith and were actually really willing to cooperate and practice good democracy in between each other, would there be a way to be able to carry out democracy between the whole in the world to a point where you didn't have to do that? No. Isn't that terrible? You know what I mean? Like there, this is the biggest thing about Machiavelli that, like, I I find interesting and horrifying is that he's kind of right. 
There's no, there's no way to be a perfect religious person and operate in the world because the world is fundamentally sinful and flawed, right? Right. So you're saying if there, if there wasn't evil in the world, then maybe, but we know that there's always sure. one way, shape or form there's evil in the world being done and it's always, evil is always after power. And power is always through some sort of government. Right. And that's why, this is why uh, I feel like in the modern world, there's kind of, everybody's a little bit of a Machiavellian. Even if they don't like Machiavelli, they understand that he was right about a lot of things. And because he's right about all these things, they kind of, everybody kind of uses Machiavelli. But here's the interesting thing I always thought of, of like, uh, like the fundamental idea of America, like uh, classical liberalism married with Christian values and Christian virtue is not fundamentally Machiavellian because like natural rights and all that are not Machiavellian. And Machiavelli himself even says in The Prince that when he writes The Prince, he says, this is the way you should run your country if it's a sort of monarchy. He says this this isn't for democracy and this isn't for like a republic form of government. It's specifically if you are a monarchist. But the problem is that most politicians today all read the prince and and come to the conclusion that like even if you are a democracy, even if you are a republic, you have to run your country like this. Hmm. And that's where I think that we kind of went off the rails. And I'm not saying they're even wrong because when when all the founding fathers got together and, you know, created the the country that we used to live in, they said that the the only way all this will work is if everybody is like actively decent and moral and educated. And if everybody stops, like if it stops being a deep Christian morality vision of a nation, none of this is going to work. And I think everybody that's in, in politics realizes today that like, well, well, that's not the country we are anymore. So we need to look at this as if we are monarchs. And you can't tell me that the people who are in charge don't view themselves as some sort of elite monarch type people who are in charge. That, that's what I think. What, what do you think? No. Yeah. Obviously, whenever you hear them speak and just everything off the policies, everything that they push is somehow like everything as a business owner of, I know most of the put the stuff they, they can tax like for, all this uh, uh, college uh, student loan debt forgiveness, all that, it doesn't help anybody for the government to take that responsibility off of them. You know what I mean? It's not teaching them anything that they really need to be doing to get themselves or help themselves in their lives by giving them a bailout on that thing. But... But yeah, I mean, it's just the the left, man. It's just so confusing. 
because everything that they push for, they're just they're dreams. They're they're not they're not even achievable. Well, this is well, this is how like we get to what I kind of touched on in the beginning. Like I think the left is the the modern kind of the culmination of Machiavelli because all the things that the left and when I say the left, I mean the modern progressive left, which derives most of its teachings from Marxism. They also derive their teachings from Machiavelli, but only the people really in charge know about Machiavelli. And that's why I think that all the modern leftists really don't believe a lot of what they say they are trying to do, but they understand, like Machiavelli taught, that there's certain things you have to say and you have to appear in order to garner support from the people who vote for you. When in reality, for the people in charge, it's really just about gaining and holding on to power. And that's really what Machiavelli... Like, if you boil Machiavelli all the way down, Machiavelli is like, you need to do everything you can to hang on to power so that you can uh, govern your people. Like, if you have to do shady things in order to remain in power, do them because you will buy that you'll remain in power and you can you can get what you want done if you remain in power. Yeah, so like this says uh, three characteristics of a Machiavellian person would be cunningness, the ability to be manipulative, and a drive to use whatever means necessary to gain power. So it's that whole idea that I know better. I know better than you do. And I'll do it, and I'm got to prove it by any means necessary. Yeah, and it, just think about the State of the Union the other day. Like most of what Biden said was just provably bullshit. Yeah, but all of his followers don't know that, and they're not going to listen to anybody that will tell them it's bullshit, even if they can, even if he can bring up some sort of proof that it's bullshit. They're they're we've gone so far that we believe. We believe whoever's in our tribal camp because we hate the other tribe so bad. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's turned into teams. It's not more... Nobody pays attention to what type of legislation or actual, yeah, legislation that they're trying to push, whether it's on the economy, whether it's social benefits, on... uh, Cutting tax spending, you know what I mean? Cutting down the debt ceiling. Uh, that's I think that's one of the big things that they're fixing to push here in the next couple months, that they're actually fixing to extend or raise the debt ceiling. Right. So what does it keep push, uh, pushing the country into further and further debt? There hasn't, I think they're saying, the whenever Bill Clinton was in office was the last year that we, or the last time that we were actually uh, had a balanced budget mm-hmm. or didn't and spend e- more. And even then, it was only because in the like it was halfway into Clinton's presidency when Gingrich and the Republicans won the House and the Senate and kind of forced it on Clinton. See, like for me, that's one of the big things that there's completely a disregard from the left on all these things that they want to accomplish. They don't want to 
trim the fat. There's so many social programs and things that are going on right now that we're spending millions of dollars, <clears throat> probably billions to trillions. I don't, I don't know, probably not trillions, but probably millions. Uh, At least on billions. dumb research that serves no purpose. I forgot what the example was, but it was uh, something where they were planting certain flowers on one side of a fence to see versus the other side of the fence, whether just things that don't need to be getting government money spent on, but they're spending it, and they're borrowing money to do all this garbage. Right, and here's my deal. Like the, the, the layperson looks at that and says, wow, this is really stupid. I can't believe they funded this as some sort of research grant to plant flowers. Or, wow, I can't believe they gave $5 million to Pakistan for gender studies. And then people who are savvy and really understand the way things are going, they go, huh, look, they gave however many million dollars it was to their friend, and the friend is the one who is in charge of this program or whatever. Like, if you really think it's going to cost however many million dollars to plant flowers on a fence line, you're high as a kite. What it really is is $5 million going into somebody's pocket for whatever, and then a few thousand dollars going to plant flowers in a, in a fence line. You know what I mean? Like, it's so corrupt at this point that people who actually understand the corruption know that when you see something like $10 million going to something stupid, it's not actually going to something stupid. It's going in somebody's pocket, and they're passing it off. It's like they're laundering the money. And everybody who's who knows enough about politics knows that that's what happened that's what happening and and you you try to tell normal people that but normal people are stuck on man it's really stupid that they're spending all these millions of dollars to do gender studies in Pakistan like they're not doing gender studies in Pakistan they're just pocketing that money right and that's see for me that the 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 mishandling of the tax money that we, that we get taxed on and we pay for uh that's one of the big issues that I have. The government has taken the responsibility according to them, and that's why they wind up doing all that stuff and creating jobs. The government wasn't ever, the intention wasn't ever for them to be creating jobs, to be taking money to to start this new social program. With the, That's going to create some jobs. The government doesn't create jobs. I create jobs. I buy more semis, put drivers in them. Right. That's more. We open up a store. That's more jobs right there. Yeah, uh, and and Machiavelli's always been cynical, and that's why, like, when the founding father, like, when America was in the inception of America, the guys who created it viewed themselves as like, we are not building a government based on the old monarchy systems of the fifteen hundreds, which were corrupt and bullshit. We are gonna start this new thing, like. When they started America, they thought they were starting something that was post-Machiavelli and post the rest of the world. Like, we're starting a new thing that's going to create more freedom and money and mobility for everyone versus what it used to be in Europe with all this Machiavellian uh, royal 
you know, princes, which is what Machiavelli's book is called, The Prince. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what the intent was. But after a few, you know, after a few decades, after a couple hundred years, we've we've got to the point where, like, we've moved past that, and now we're back where we were in Europe in the 1500s where everything is corrupt and all the people who are in charge are just lining the pockets of the people who are in their circle, the cronies that they have. And you have a new, a new cast of like peasants who don't really matter. And we don't really need to worry about the peasants. We need to worry about enriching ourselves. And if everything's going okay with the governance of the people, then everything's fine as long as as long as everything's peaceful, as long as there's nothing terrible going on, we can keep kind of like funneling money back into ourselves. So what do you say? How do we? We're there, right? We're we're in a state of oh, hundred uh, percent corruption. Oh, there there's Machiavellian uh, tactics being implemented everywhere by every hall in the yeah. chambers of Congress of the yeah. in the Capitol. How, as the people, do we start getting out of it? Because hmm. we have to. Like, for me, I didn't come to this nation. My family didn't come to this nation to to watch it burn. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can. Like, well, you're. And well, it's this either kind that. Of I mean, takes we're, us down another road. We're like, not going to jump on the Mayflower and go back to Europe. No, but your your family came from Mexico, right? Yes. Is Mexico also pretty corrupt? Very. Is that just the... I think what we're getting into is like, that's the story of the world unless a very high percentage of people are educated and willing to cut people's heads off in order to stay okay, free. Okay, well, let's not get there yet. I don't think we're exactly at that point. You don't think point. so? I don't think... Uh, that, that's, I'm not sharpening my machete yet. But no, my main thing, I was telling somebody, I was having this conversation with somebody that they're, they just want to kind of retreat and just worry about themselves. And I feel like we got to keep having these conversations and start finding uh, common ground and at least keep spreading the message. And by at least keep putting it, build a platform, what we're doing right now, try to reach people to see if it makes sense and Keep pushing it, cause well, by us starting this, we're gonna. Disagree. I think we can reach new people, new ears that might be able that can relate with us, and the messaging can get through there. Because being silent is not gonna make anything better. No. So we got to keep pushing I, this. I agree with you, but I will say this: like, even in even in like Europe in the 1500s, print. Oh, I had a hiccup. Princes weren't as bold as some of our politicians are today because they knew that if they pissed the peasants off enough, what would the peasants do? Riot? Yeah, cut their yeah. heads off, put them on pike. Like, yeah. the, if, if people aren't, like, if the people in charge, the elites, know that the people that they rule are going to be completely subservient as long as they have Netflix and Grubhub and they're comfortable. Yeah. If they're not scared, then they're going to do whatever they want. And that's the, that's the situation we find ourselves in today is the people who are in charge know 
that 99% of the people that they rule are never going to oppose them because opposing them would include do you think being so very really uncomfortable. Though? After even January 6th, do you think they're still sitting there just comfortable to be able to pull off and try to do anything that they that they want to? Yeah. You don't I think do. that was a wake up call that hey, there's No, cuz like the the way the media paints January 6th is so divorced from the actual re- reality. Like the people who are actually in charge, all those people you see in pictures like in the in the Congress that day like crying and hiding under the seats in the houses of Congress, they didn't actually believe anything was going to go down. That what they knew though was they could use that to knock down any sort of opposition to them because look at all the people who are involved in January 6th. Where are they? In solitary confinement, waiting to go to federal prison. And then look at all the people who are involved in the BLM riots. Where are they? Probably free. Yeah. I don't in know. The, like in their house yeah. on, with the TV that they stole from the Costco or wherever. Like the people in charge are not scared. Yeah. And that's uh, that's where we are. I, I'm not saying we need to go like do anything crazy. I'm just saying the people in charge like pretend that January 6th was this big scary thing, but they don't actually believe it. Like they call it an insurrection, but they don't actually believe it was an insurrection because there's no guns involved. Like nobody, the only person that died was one of the protesters. One of the protesters. Yeah. It wasn't like they actually went in there and started. Well, didn't they say some of the names. securities or some of the security guards? Oh, one guy had a heart, had a heart attack, attack, and like two or three of them committed suicide, allegedly. <laughs> like, <laughs> but officially, the only person that died as a result of the riot was Ashley Babbitt. Like the even the guy they try to say was like, "Oh, they killed this guy." It's like he died of a heart attack, unrelated circumstances or stroke. I don't know what it was. It so was the not, only shot like, fired. Was from an actual right. government official killing one of the protesters. Right. If you if you want to call that if you if that would truly have been an insurrection, some dudes would have had some guns. And there would they have been shot fires. Yeah, there'd have been burning some buildings, yeah. Yeah. some structures. Well, even that is just a riot. I mean, yeah. like look at the B- they didn't call any of the BLM stuff an insurrection. Yeah. No, like a, a true like. A true historical insurrection would involve some sort of force on force. Like somebody would get shot in a in a real insurrection. And they're not they haven't they haven't seen that yet. So they're not afraid of that. Yeah. Like they're not nobody in in power is gonna really change their ways out of any sort of fear because nothing's really happened. So there's no way, like through government power, like what? What's the point to all these committees, these oversight committees, that they say that they're putting together to investigate this and investigate that? Why isn't there ever any prosecutions of anybody? Whenever they just investigate, yeah, because all of the people involved in them are no. I don't know. We're going back to Machiavelli. They're all Machiavellians, and they know that almost everything they do is theater for you and me like everything they do is like a show for you and me to 
kind of see like, oh yeah, they're gonna do something about it. But like, they they don't. They don't do anything about it. Like I think I just heard the other day, all the lawyers they just dropped charges or the whole investigation got dropped, and the amount of money that they spent supposedly investigating this January sixth, it was in the trillions of just legal fees that the For government sure. paid out. Yeah, and where's that money going? In people's pockets. In people's pockets, yeah. yeah. All the lawyers for all these Congress members or whatever, families or firms or trusts or foundations or nonprofits, all that stuff. Yeah, but my, my point that, to all re- this... Was that my, really... But that's that's government tax money that got spent. Trillions of dollars. It's your money and my money that got spent. Exactly. Yeah. How can we eliminate that? <laughs> what like what's the purpose for charges to be dropped? At least if you spend all that money, charge somebody. I want to see somebody in jail. I can't legally tell you on this podcast what it would take to stop that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, but that that's the kind of shit that pisses me off. Like you see all this stuff, all this show, and they do, and they bring all these people, and they subpoena people to come testify and they question them but they still get nowhere out of it yeah like it's not going that's why everybody is so it feels like everybody's given up because a lot of people the people who actually pay attention i'm not giving up no i i'm with you i'm just getting started i'm not giving up either but there are a lot of people who understand what i'm talking about who kind of have given up on it because they view every they, they view the masses of people as the same way Machiavelli viewed them as kind of like sheep who are easily manipulated by the government and it's hard to it's hard to prove them wrong when we are in the situation that we're in where everybody is pretty stupid everybody like everybody or not everybody but a good percentage of people are pretty stupid I'd say about ninety percent, and I don't know if it's stupid. It's just arrogant, ignorant. like you're like ignorant. Naive. In, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, like I I taught for a few years. Like he, like even when we were in school, the quality of education that we got was not great compared to, like, compared to people in history that were actually educated. Yeah. And today it's it's way worse, dude. Like this is why I had the whole episode on why you should homeschool your kids. Like it's bad. The the kids today and their even the parents today that are our age, the the percentage of people who are completely naive, completely completely ignorant, sedated by sports and Netflix and internet are we're just way outnumbered. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people, I would say a lot of people that are like fall into the same vein as me, kind of just throw up their hands and say, why shouldn't I just go like try to be self-sufficient on a little piece of land somewhere because this thing, this ship is sinking. I think that should be plan B to have that. I to something to f- You keep going. I'm going to get a beer. To sit back on or whatever, to fall back on if things came, you know, push came to shove. But but we, we gotta we gotta keep fighting, man. Gotta keep fighting the good fight. But I think what happens is, like I said, it's very easy to fall into this uh show 
of Washington, D.C. and the CNNs and the Foxes and all that stuff that everybody in a small town, most people, and that's where you get your news. But everything that is going on out there almost has nothing to do with going on in my county, in my city, in my state, in my school. So something that I figured out last election we pay so much attention, we get riled up by all those things, you know, what everybody, what Don Lemon or Tapper or the Cuomo brothers were saying on CNN and Fauci and all this garbage. And we don't even know, you can't even name off who, uh, the school board members yeah, who's of on your the school, school board? you know, I'm, much I'm like less who back. your, t- much less who your town mayor is, who's on the city board. Uh, and then let's say, if you can't even do that, you're not going to know who's, you know, your representatives downstate. Yeah, that that's, and I, I'm with you. Like, that's the future. People need to focus on local politics. Yeah. Next year, they need to focus on state politics. And federal politics are the last thing they should worry about. As And everybody right now is worried about federal politics and all the, you know, Fox News, CNN. And they should be worried about who's on my school board. Yeah. Who are the idiots that are running my school board? Who are the morons that are in the administration of my local school? Who are who is running my town? Who is the sheriff? Yeah. Who who are the deputies of the sheriff? Like that's the thing people should be worried about. Yeah. First and foremost. But I don't know, getting people to understand that's hard. Well, I think you just got to like I said I would hope what I would like to do with the with the platform that I want to start and what we can get going on here is at least in our local area get people to start tuning in to come in here if they want to question us, uh, you know, and start figuring things out and get people to step up, you know, yeah. Just by the the problem in local communities is nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings, and when you do like say something negative. Everybody gets mad at you, even if they kind of agree with you, because in our little small rural red communities, the worst thing you can do is be unkind. And that's kind of like, that's the ceiling we have to break in our local community if we want to actually get something done, is what I think. Because, like, we, I have, this isn't a big podcast, like, I, I, I have, like, 50, 60 listens an episode. And I know that most of them are local people. Yeah. And like, if I, if, if I, if you and me were to go on a, on a rant about who we don't think is good or fit, like on the school board, for example, or the local school or the, the county or the town, even like that might cause you and me some problems. You know what I mean? In in the local community. Well, I mean, at the local level, I think we can, we don't have to call anybody out on the podcast or anything like that, you know, by name. I will if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, there's, they, we can, there's always that outreach of, uh, you know, without doing it on here. Uh, you can reach out to that person. You know, yeah. we have access to those people. We, we Pull need them to aside, start, like, hey, we let's need sit to there start and talk. building networks of people. To right. actually care about stuff. Like, if you want to get somebody elected to local office, you build a network of 100 people, get the word out, and actually, like, campaign for the person, they're going to win. 
Yeah. Like local politics are not hard to win. See, you I'll just tell have you to this: get your like last election, there. last time somebody, uh, it was the school board runoff. There were people going off, and those are important seats on the school board that <laughs> are going to affect decisions. You know that get implemented for the kids now and the next, you know, generation of kids coming up. What it turned into, what I noticed on that, because I know some of the people. I think one of the good candidates, a great candidate, didn't win because they weren't from here. And a lot of people, it almost turned into like a popularity contest, you know? Somebody who had been around the area a lot longer and more people knew them, you know, almost by default, by just knowing more people, they won. Yeah. Which and I don't think that was the best choice for their best option for the kids or for the school. But... What I would like to do here with this little platform that we're going to do, we can reach out. We can actually put somebody, sit somebody down, ask them, hey, on this, what do you think? You know, give us your opinion about this. Let them speak for themselves and give their opinions and then put it out. And more people can actually have this sit down conversation with them. You know what I mean? True. Because most people don't actually know the beliefs of the people they vote for. Yeah, they, like whenever you're going to get into the all and these And most positions, people who are in politics don't want to tell everybody the beliefs that they have because they know that to get elected, they need to seem as just kind of middle as the road as possible to get as much votes, as many votes as they can. See, and what I would like for us to be able to sit up here, and let's say whenever we're having uh, these city elections or school board elections, anything coming by through here, hey, we're gonna have to, you're going to have to sit down here with us and we're going to question you, and we're going to ask, you know, try to get things out of you to see what you believe. That way maybe we can start filtering out uh, good candidates from bad candidates. Yeah, and that's going to make people uncomfortable, and it's going to... That's like, good. It's people good. Are gonna, nobody people are going to lose friends over no, that Nobody shit. ever you know grows I mean? unless you're uncomfortable. I'm with you. I agree with you 100%. But it's what I'm saying is... It's about moving needles forward. The reason local people don't like that is because local people, especially in rural red America, like we don't like conflict. We don't like people to feel uncomfortable. We don't like... We don't like to feel like we're talking bad about somebody versus somebody else. That's just that's how we're built. But you, dude. That's but a you have to. You have to feel some type. If if you're not uncomfortable, how do you grow? Like if I ever had a view on something, and I was wrong, and I never voiced it to somebody and went back and forth with anybody, how do we get closer to the truth if we're not putting the idea versus idea? And put them up to against each each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's, that's the, the only, only way. way. Debate. Debate is the only way to get closer to the truth. It's the only way to beat Machiavelli too. It's the only way to beat Machiavelli. Because if you don't, like everybody just falls back on their natural cultural instincts, and like for example, like cultural instincts are different everywhere. Like some people aren't as, like some cultures aren't as averse to controversy as. Red Rule America is, but Red Rule Christian America is very adverse to having any, any sort of conflict. Like, they want everybody to like them. Like, we want everybody to like us. And yeah. if you start causing division, not only will not everybody like you, you'll have a whole bunch of people that, like, 
agree with you. Even the people that agree with you won't really like you because you're causing some sort of ruckus. Like you're ca- you're stirring the pot and you're you're making people kind of angry at each other. And even if I agree with you, I kind of don't like that because oh, it just makes me feel icky. I'm telling you, man, that's the culture we live in, but I'm with you. Despite that, we have to, if we want anything to get better on a local level, on a state, on a county level, on a state level, you have to do that. And so I'm, I'm hundred percent with you. We should, but we need to understand going in that it's going to cause some people, even people that agree with us to not like us. Well, so be it. Screw them. Screw them. <laughs> no, not screw them. But I mean, if they're not willing to sit down, you know, if you feel so uncomfortable or if so contrary to anything that we may say on here, come sit down. Yeah. There's always going to be an open door. Obviously, you know, I'm uh, being a total I dick would, though. No, see, and that's that's where I don't think it's not about being a yeah, dick. But they're, they're if I have a, if, if I have a belief, well, I can't I can't control how they take it. You it's know true. how they hear things. I'm have my belief. I've got my way that I'm going to present it to you and tell you why the pros of it versus the cons, and let that person do the same thing. But staying silent or not saying things because I'm scared of how you're going to take it is doesn't help anybody it's a move bad, forward it's a peasant mindset yeah and it's not, it's not good for anybody in my relationship with friends that's not a good relationship i can't tell one of my friends that hey go snort lines of cocaine and be a drunk and be out do whatever every you week want and do It'll whatever you want fine, i'm sure and you're going to be able to be a good husband a good dad to be doing all those things no i can't do that if i i have to be willing to have that uncomfortable conversation with him he's like hey cut it out quit acting like a child you know it's like the like the weed thing now like uh well weed's becoming more common so you know it's okay if you're smoking weed all the time there's there's really no adverse side effects or whatever like it's gonna be fine and i have no issue with people smoking weed as long as it's not getting in the way of other things see i'm I'm to the point, like, I used to be very libertarian, but after seeing what has kind of, how the community has changed. Oh, yeah. You go down, we you, have you, introduced go, you go to Oklahoma City, it's a different place. Go to every downtown of every city in a state that has legalized marijuana. There's a homeless population has yeah. shot up like crazy. I and guarantee you. know what it. that means? It means the libertarians were wrong. And the conservatives are right. All those angry old like Christian ladies that everybody didn't like a decade ago because they were being mean, they were actually right, and you were actually wrong, and all this weed stuff has caused some problems. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, I used to be very libertarian about it, but now I'm like the crotchety old like religious person that is like, it's the devil's lettuce, and we need to get rid of it. It is, it, and it sucks because it is, I you know... I don't think anybody has ever overdosed on it. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I'm just I don't on the think natural it in plan, itself like in is it, bad. Yeah, in, in theory, itself. it's not that bad in theory. But the results, but in practice, yeah, the results that it produces. There's a bunch of retards walking around now that suck, and yeah. they just are here. Well, they're just they medicated. Be yeah, here. they're just medicated. That if you think that it does not affect the way that you function, hundred percent it does. Yeah. 
and I, I get maybe at the end of a day on a trip where you're doing something non-work-wise or yeah it's kind of like I, I understand back. that it's kind of like having a drink yeah but i also understand that like before marijuana legalization we were one way and now after marijuana legalization we are quite obviously another way and that seems to me to be a problem um with all the people walking i don't know it's like I call it the Walking Dead. Um, there's a lot of people walking around my town that didn't used to be walking around my town that are not like they're not members of the community in the same way as other people. Like they're they're just kind of like I don't know. I'm gonna be a dick. They're scumbags. There's a whole bunch of scumbags walking around that weren't here before, and now that we've legalized Easy marijuana, on the name calling here. Oh, they're scumbags. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that's the kind of thing like saying that's going to make some people mad and some people aren't going to like me. And that's, you know, that's just the price I pay to to talk and explain how I feel. And people are going to have to get comfortable with that. You're going to have to get comfortable with not everybody liking you if you want to change anything. Yeah, but like I said, on the whole name-calling thing, I might stoop down to it every now and then also. But the thing that we'll have to figure out with this is how to toe that line and uh, to be effective with what we're doing. You know what I mean? I agree, but I also don't want to... A little Machiavellian, wanna, I guess. I don't want to be... like <laughs> That's the thing. Like I don't want to play the Machiavelli game, but I, un I also understand... Like I, I was political science minor in school. Like, I understand if you really want to win, you have to play by these rules because this is the truth whether you like it or not. That's Machiavelli. Machiavelli is, this is the truth of human nature, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And if you want to be effective, you will play by these rules. And then you have a whole bunch of people that don't like that. And I'm, I'm honestly one of them. Like, I don't like Machiavelli's rules but I also understand that to actually win, to actually get anything done, you at least have to understand Machiavelli. And like, I'll read a couple things like what he, what he said, just so kind of people understand where we're coming from. In The Prince, Machiavelli talks about how, how princes should act like animals, beasts, and he says that a good leader must imitate a fox and a lion because a fox is devious and cunning and a lion is powerful and frightening. And he says that too many, too many guys, too many leaders are like a lion and want to be like a lion and... uh they don't understand the the need to also be like a fox. Um, another thing he says is that a prince should appear a certain way. And he says, Thus it, it is well to seem merciful, faithful, humane, sincere, and religious. And notice he says seem. Um, he argues that you must seem this way as a ruler, being merciful, faithful, sincere, religious, but 
you might have to act against that. And that's what we talked about before when I said, like, how many presidents do you actually think were religious? They want to seem that way. That doesn't mean they actually are that way. All right, you just told me a news story. Something happened. I'm sorry, but we got uh, breaking news right now that U.S. Air Force shot down an unidentified object flying over Canada Saturday evening, according to U.S. officials. Like a new one? The, yeah. The U.S. fighter jet was acting with authorization from leftist Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and... Jose Castro's kid? Yeah. Yeah, Castro. <laughs> but yeah. I absolutely so believe what, that, by the what's way. what's going on? What What's up with all these flying objects? Are we is something... Is something, is something coming, coming you is think? It thing. Is it Russia? Is it? Do you think we need to talk about what to do if something comes? I, I do. I do think that, honestly, if we're... From what I see, I honestly think if this that is the last episode I, of the Capo podcast. I, I think I think we're closer to nuclear war or something people breaking. Think. Yeah, than people think. I don't know. Like we shot down something over Alaska this morning. Now we shot down something else over Canada. Why we've never did this many things up in the air that we're worried for, or that flying. we're aware of. Like maybe it's just more in the news. You know what I mean. It, you, it could be just some sort of distraction to keep people thinking that we're doing I something. I always think that something big like that is a distraction from someone. What are they? What are they trying to pull? I have no idea, Congress? man. Is, is something? Is something getting passed right now Not that, that we don't know of. of? But I just wonder why the why the spy balloon, why the unidentified object over Alaska. That's what three back to back days where we've shot things out of the air. Yeah, we shot the balloon down. We let the balloon go all the way across, and then we shot it down. Yeah. And then we shot down something over Alaska yesterday, and then what? Then something over tell Canada. Us what it is. Then over Canada today. Shot down something else over Canada today. Now, are we dealing with Chinese stuff again? I mean, is it probably, Russia? There's only a few countries that probably have the resources and technology that could do that stuff, and China's probably the most likely. Like, Ru Russia is not as advanced as China is as far as weaponry and stuff. Like, Russia has a whole bunch of military equipment and troops, but they don't have the capacity that China has. Okay, here was the, the tweet from Justin Trudeau. I ordered the takedown of an unidentified object that violated Canadian airspace at NORAD Command, shot down the object over the Yukon, Canadian and U.S. aircraft were scrambled, and a U.S. F-22 successfully fired at the object. Huh. Well, I will say, the F-22 is getting a lot of kills in the last week when it hasn't ever had any. Yeah. Like, that's one of our, uh, that's one of, like, that's the new badass fighter plane that we haven't really used a lot, so... It's cool that they're getting to use it, I guess. Is it really? Whenever, so I got into all the Top Gun stuff. Whenever, I didn't watch whenever, the movie, but I heard it was good. You haven't seen the new one? No, you got to watch it. it. But you got to watch the first one. You got to watch the first one. Well, I and remember the, the first one. Well, take the time, watch it, and then watch the second one. I It just it, it. it felt better to me that way. I heard it was worth it. It felt better that way. But anyways, I loved the second one. It was getting to a certain point. And you know how the first one, for me, like, the first one just ended up abruptly, almost. Like it was I don't just, remember it that well. I remember Goose died. I remember there was a crotch rocket scene. And Joel, yeah. 
And then well, the, I just that first some one hot was blonde lady. Like that's oh, all yeah. I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. She looks a mess now. She didn't <laughs> age well. Uh, anyways, hey, that's better than that's better than like getting a whole. Like, did she like age unnaturally, or she just aged naturally and doesn't look good? I don't know. I guess maybe yeah. She didn't fall into like this J Lo type of thing that like she looks her the age. Madonna thing. No, not that bad. No, no. It's, it's natural aging. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I Madonna she, looks terrible I, because she's done so much Don't quote work. me on this, but I think she passed, actually. Oh, I'm not for sure. But anyways, yeah, she didn't age well. Uh, she aged how we're supposed to age. Oh. Like I said, she's not like J-Lo, 50 years old. and She aged how we're supposed to age. She just didn't do it gracefully, is what you're saying. It's something like that. But anyways... Great movie. Uh, it gets to the point where you think it's about to be over, and then they give you an extra 30 minutes of storyline nice. behind enemy lines, which is, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was one of those great, just feel-good American movies where actually the U.S. comes out on top. You know what I mean? It it made you feel. Maybe that's why everybody it, didn't like it. It made you feel American. Nope. Like everybody loved it, it, but like the the critics and stuff were like, eh, fuck them. You know what I mean? Okay, oh, that was my that was my that, that was my one. That's our PG thirteen. We sorry. both said PG thirteen. We each get one. I think we've done well. I thought we did really. well. You dropped an S word earlier. That I was yeah, gonna... S words are okay. It's that F bomb. It's that PG thirteen. You only get one. Well, Danny will let us know if he listens to this episode. Yeah, he probably Danny, will. I hope I have done better. We we did try. We did try. I feel like we should do a conclusion of Machiavelli, and then if we want to move into something else, we can. Because I want to talk about the, the... We always talk about doing Catholic Lutheran things, and I feel like we should. Man, I just like to... Go with the flow. I don't know. Sometimes it, it kind of gets there. But yeah, it. if you feel like you need to, this one's going up on yours. So like I said, we're, we are testing, setting up equipment for, I'm telling you, what I, what I want to do, like you're saying, if we get to a weekly deal, I want to set up, uh, we're going to have a printout sheet of topics that we're going to go over, go through it. And almost if we bring somebody in, I'll kind of maybe move it forward, kind of almost moderate, kind of. You know, and I'll are we gonna do like a new in. podcast, or are you gonna keep it like? No, this on, you want to no, keep it no. doing it on my podcast. We'll do yours and uh, see where it goes. Or I'll what be did honest, I say? Like no, mine I, is mine this year. Like I'm still doing what I was doing last year, but mine out of like out of like uh, I'm. It's not that I'm out of material, but like I've done about everything I came. Like I plan to do for my podcast, so if we want to transform the Capo podcast into a more like a new thing, I, I'm all for it. We'll talk about that here in a little while. If you wanna, if you wanna wrap up on that, I, I want to wrap up Machiavelli in okay. the saying like when he gets to the conclusion of the prince. These are the things he says in the conclusion, which I think are important for everybody to understand. What Machiavelli is so saying. So do you think, are you saying that anybody who takes anything from this that wants to understand the political process a little bit more behind kind of the theory, the psychology, well, stumbled You're, across I'm that. Yeah, I'm with you. Stumbled across that word. And uh, that, I think is, that, that, is that book a good read to, to try to understand yeah, some of yeah. that theory? You should, you should read The Prince if you really want to. If you want to understand politics. We're going to add that to the book club. You should read 
The Prince. We're going to start a book club, and that's one of the books that we're going to have to... That's basically what my podcast is at this point, is book club. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah, if you want to understand politics, you need to read The Prince, because The Prince is the foundation of all modern political ideas. And when he concludes The Prince, this is what he says. He says, everyone sees what you appear to be. Few feel what you are. And those few will not dare oppose themselves to the many. Machiavelli concludes by saying that the prince should never let his people think he is anything but merciful, faithful, humane, sincere, and religious. But a prince's only aim should be conquering and maintaining the state and doing whatever is necessary to accomplish that task. And famously, Machiavelli claimed that the end will always justify the means. This is something that you still hear today, and it's still political philosophy today. The ends justify the means. Now, I think, personally, that this is a very evil... This is why like, I understand Machiavelli, but I think that the philosophy itself is evil. Because the ends justify the means is fundamentally evil. Um, you should be able to tell why it's evil, like, uh, if you think about it. Um, because if you, if you always feel like the ends justify the means, you're probably doing something wrong. Um, and that's where we are in, in modern politics. So, uh, people that want to understand Machiavelli need to read The Prince, but they need to understand and they need to read it through the lens of... Like, Machiavelli thinks that everything that he does, like, everything that you do as a prince, as long as you are justified by keeping the state together and doing what is good for the state, you are in some sort of political, moral rightness. And that's not a Christian notion, and that's why I think it's evil. Yeah. That's the end of Machiavelli. Well, it's good that we touched on it. I mean, sometimes... Without knowing things that way, keep talking where they came from. Okay, it's good to uh, to to know where that type of uh, ideology originated from. And without knowing things like that, you know, you just think that these people are inherently evil. But even though they fall into those beliefs, you know, uh, it's just the way that they've been taught. And like I said, at the end of the day any of all that stuff you got to keep if you feel any way or some way against it you got to voice your opinion you got to you got to do your research and find a way to to fight back on it and we are going to take a break and the So like I was saying before we went to we went bathroom back. break. I peed. Yeah. So yeah, like I was saying, man, it's just it's good to know all these things. You know, sometimes it's a little it feels like work going through and digging back all the way to the fifteen hundreds of how it is still relevant that those types of ideologies and uh still apply to today's politics and the whole system around the whole world. 
on how these people in power govern. So we're still the same humans we always were. Yeah, but no, it's it's good, man. It's good to dig deep and uh, pull some of that stuff up. It, it gives a it gives a pathway for people to you know look up more into it to to read that book and get a deeper and you should you should go read the prince it's pretty it's short it's short as hell you could read it in a day easy so that's what it is we're at an hour we're about to close this down just if you haven't figured it out yet okay you got any plugs anything to plug your book i'm gonna plug my book where where were you uploading the podcast i released my first uh the first book of the trilogy in january it is a long way back to zion you can find it on amazon if you buy one please leave a review because that's how amazon works amazon works almost solely off their algorithm and their algorithm is based on getting reviews so go buy it leave a review leaving a review is the most important part and the next book will come out in spring sometime. I have to edit it and do all that myself because I'm self-publishing. But spring, book two comes out. If you're somebody who's already got book one, book two will come out in spring. And then uh, book three, the last book, will come out in the winter of this year. It's going to take me all year to finish that one out. Awesome. Cool. Well, man, I've... Had a great time having you out today. You're not going to plug anything? Uh, oh, fairies. Yes, and this is uh, the new intro to uh, Ballara Boutique down at 143 South Douglas, Beaver, oh. Oklahoma. You can find us on Facebook at Ballara Boutique, whatever Facebook is. And we have a website, uh, BallaraBoutique.com, where all of our merchandise is on uh up there, uh, we just got a bunch of stuff from Lazy J Ranchware. Everybody, check that up. Uh, we got hats, we got hoodies. Uh, any guys, uh, late Valentine's gifts, look it up, man. Uh, guarantee you, you won't find better prices. And uh, this is a great platform, man. Uh, happy to have you out. We're running, working the kinks out of this thing. Hopefully, like I said, we got a new place here. We're doing video I want to set it up. I'm pumped for video. Video podcast will probably be coming out soon, probably hopefully within the month. And uh, tune into that. That'll be off my platform, whatever we decide to come up with that. And uh, yeah, man, stay tuned, everybody. Uh, hopefully, we got cool things coming up for everybody. And uh, cool. Everybody have a great weekend. Love you. Up the butt. Bye.